0: Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser.
1: Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here, and I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with Greg Dickerson. Greg, how are you?
0: I'm doing great, Tyler. How about you?
1: I'm doing fantastic, and uh, really love the, uh, the beautiful map behind you. I don't know what my, my thing is with geography and maps. It just gets me excited. What about you?
0: That's cool. Yeah, you know, it's, it's great. I used to have this picture. If you look at some, some of my other videos, um, I used to keep a picture of Dalmatians behind me, and it's really colorful, you know, so I wanted to put something a little bit more neutral, but it's really cool because I can say, hey, man, I've got the whole world behind me.
1: That's right. That's right. You got the whole world on your shoulders, so to speak, if you're exactly. watching on YouTube there. And you can see mine as well and I don't know what yeah. it is. It just inspires me. And you know, then you can drill down and you can look at the details. Hey, where is this located and where can we go next and who can we serve and what can we learn and you know, what is there to know? It's really limitless and it's really exciting. And I think It that- is.
0: And this one you can't really see it, but I also it's magnetic and I keep these little pins to places where we've traveled. So ah. that's, that's the other purpose that it serves as well.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of travel as well. And that's one of the things that we'll probably do next to start dropping some pins on there. But there's, you know, it's funny when anyone asks me, Hey, where, where else do you want to travel? It's like everywhere. Let's go everywhere. Yeah. I want to go to yeah, every the world single is cool
0: and it's so accessible now. And, you know, I'm, I went in the military right out of high school and I traveled all over Asia. So I've been to all of those countries, never done much of Europe. So that's kind of, you know, the, the countries that I'm exploring now and, would really like to get out and explore more and of course we can't go anywhere right now but uh, we're still in COVID-19 you know uh, situation here we're in 2020 July of 2020 still so anyways
1: I know it's crazy but uh, that doesn't mean that the future that new openings and new possibilities are not going to be available to us so I know you're on board with that Greg and You know, while we're here, let's welcome Elevate Nation back because it's absolutely time to take it to another level. I have no doubt we're going to do that today. I want to welcome you back to the show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate, which is a vehicle, as I always say, and beyond, and creating greatness in your life and creating, you know, elevating to a life without limits. And this is a show where we talk about the habits. You know the mindset, the routines, the systems, the tools, the strategies, and the multidisciplinary approach so that you can learn from individuals like Greg who are elevating to a life without limits so you can do the same for yourself and so that you can live a life of abundance, of joy, of happiness, of excitement, of adventure as we're talking about, of adventure and and traveling the world and meeting new people and giving back to other people. And so As you know, this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. If you appreciate what we're doing on the show, I would certainly be grateful if you subscribe to the show, if you gave us a rating or review, it helps. Our goal is to reach millions of people with the message that you don't have to live a life that you tolerate. You can actually live a life of unlimited abundance and you know what we're all about here. So I just wanna remind you that paying it forward is absolutely key. So share this with someone else you know, send this in a text message or post it on social media, whatever you want to do. But ultimately, somebody needs to know this information. Somebody needs to hear this conversation that we're going to have today with Greg. And I'm really excited to introduce you to Greg Dickerson, who is a serial entrepreneur, a real estate developer, a coach, and a mentor. He has bought, developed, and sold over $250 million in real estate. He's built and renovated hundreds of custom homes and commercial buildings. He's developed residential and mixed-use subdivisions, and started 12 different companies from the ground up. Greg currently coaches and mentors some of the top entrepreneurs and real estate investors around the world, helping them start, grow, and scale their business, raise more capital, and do, more, do bigger deals. Greg's current clients have over $2 billion in assets under management and deals in process. Greg is an expert on the topics of entrepreneurship, leadership, and real estate, and is regularly interviewed on some of the top real estate investing and business podcasts today, so we're definitely going to add elevate to that list, absolutely now. So we're really excited about that. And Greg also served in the United States Navy right out of high school and has been a leader in the community as well as supporting and advising and serving on the boards of several churches, ministries, and nonprofit organizations. So, Greg, with all that said, what an impressive bio! And welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit more about yourself behind the bio.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's a great way to describe adult ADD, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the cool part is, and for everybody listening, you know, what you, what you talk about in terms of taking your life to, a next, to the next level and success and things like that, you know, that can be compartmentalized. So you can have that financially, spiritually, mentally, physically, right? So when people say, what's your definition, definition of success, you have all those different areas. So that's one thing to keep in mind as we talk about success. And, you know, obviously today we might be talking more about financial and business and things like that. But, you know, going back, like you said, I joined the Navy right out of high school. And, um, you know, did four years. So I started my career, that $250 million that I did in, in real estate, buying, developing, and selling was all my own money, no investors, no backers, and no connections. And I started from scratch with absolutely nothing. Nobody in my family were entrepreneurs. None of them had any money. My dad was a career military guy. My mom was a career uh, with Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And, um, you know, but I had a, a, I was a natural born entrepreneur. I had a hard work ethic growing up. My dad went in the Navy enlisted, came out an officer. I went and enlisted, did my four years, you know, so, so I come from a blue collar, you know, hardworking family and we were middle class, you know, as w- when he made it to the officer ranks, you know, we, we ended up a little bit more middle class than where we started out as an enlisted military person. You know, you're in the lower income status of the country, it's not a lot of money, great benefits, but you don't get paid a lot of money. Um, so I always had the desire to want to create my own thing, do my own thing, have my own company, my own business. Back then, I had no idea how it was going to happen. You know, out of high school, going in the military. But, you know, going back to my childhood ages, I was the kid running around the neighborhood, knocking on your door. You know, if your grass needed cutting, I'd be knocking on your door. Hey, my name's Greg. I live down the street. I need to make some money. Can I cut your grass? And I had a lawnmower and a gas can right there, and I'm 10 years old. So what are you (laughs) going to say? You know, because I ain't leaving. I'm like, I'm going to cut your grass. It's only 10 bucks you know, I got everything right here, so, and it's hot, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> this was in Southern California when I was real little when I started, and then it was uh, Pensacola, Florida, fifth grade to 11th grade, so those are hot, humid climates in the summer, so that was a great way to make some money, and then fall and winter, I'd take my rake, big, you know, pine needle rake in Florida, and I'd take it around the house, and same thing, I'd knock on your door, you know, I need to make some money, I've got a rake right here, I've got a tarp, I'll rake your pine needle, you know, people hated doing that in Florida in the winter when it was cold, so, that's how I learned. You know, I started by knocking on doors, doing whatever it took to make some money because my parents didn't supply anything. If I wanted to do something, I had to make the money to do it. And then my dad would charge me for using his equipment. So he took 10% of everything I made, wow. you know, kind of teaching me business and whatever I did around the house, all the chores, he'd, he would pay me for little things here and there. And, you know, when I was old enough to drive and used his car, um, I had to bring it back full of gas and clean no matter what condition it was in. And it always was dirty and empty on Friday. i never understood that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Until I got a little older, you know, so I'd get it on the weekends. I'd have to clean it and fill it up with gas when I returned it. So, Wow. So where does
1: that drive come from and where did it come from then? Was it just out of pure necessity and you knew that you needed to make extra money purely from a practical standpoint? Or was there something else that you always had that innate drive to go and create?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I've always, I was just born that way. So I just, you know, my mom said I had to get the gab. So I'd be out talking to people. I had no issues knocking on doors. If I wanted something, you know, my dad, they wouldn't give me money. I had to go get it, you know? So like I I took martial arts as a kid. And I mean, literally I'm in, you know, I'm not even old enough to drive yet. This is probably sixth grade. I started in, in martial arts and in order to buy the uniform and take the testing, you know, that were like, I don't know, 20 bucks, 40 bucks, whatever it was back then. I had to go make the money to do it. They would not pay for it. They said, if you want to do this, you need to earn money and pay for it. So, you know, those lessons were taught to me young in terms of how to make money. So that's what's really cool. I learned very young. I can go create money. I can make money from nowhere out of nothing. You know, obviously you need, you know, something, you need a rake, you need a lawnmower, but you know, I'd wash your car. So with your equipment, or I'd cut your grass with your equipment, some people wanted me to use their stuff. So I learned very young that if you want something, you can go out and work for it and create it. The problem was, what I was learning was to work hard, not smart, not efficient, Mm -hmm. but hard. And I was learning the harder you work, the more you can make. So that's how I was wired to just work hard to do whatever it takes. You know, you take care of business first, and then you can go enjoy, enjoy yourself, you know, so. um, But as far as wanting to be that entrepreneur, you know, and being a hard worker, I guess, you know, are you born with it or do you learn it? My dad was a very hard worker um, and he made me do everything. So maybe that was ingrained in me there. But the entrepreneurial thing, nobody in my family was that way. And that wasn't taught or ingrained in me. You know, they were pushing me to stay in the military as a career. That's all mm-hmm. I heard growing up. It wasn't what college. It was like, when are you going into the Navy? You know, and every male in my family were all military. So it was like a rite of passage. But I always had that entrepreneurial bug in me. I always had this thing in me that I, that, that I knew I was created for more. I knew I was built for more. Not that there's anything wrong with having a job. It's just not everybody's wired that way. I was wired for more than just filling a billet, which is what they call it the military.
1: This episode of elevate is brought to you by CF capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. You know, it's such an interesting process when you learn that your, your background was you learned how to work hard but you didn't learn how to work smart. And when, when did you make the shift in terms of making quantum leaps? Because you went from an incremental growth just based on pure effort, pure ambition, pure hustle to then making quantum leaps. So when did that shift happen?
0: When I started pouring into myself. So I, I left the construction. So after the Navy, the only two things I've ever done are restaurants and construction. I did retail in the Navy. So I learned hard work, discipline, systems, standard operating procedures, redundancy that's what the military is all about systems and operating procedures. So that was great training. I had some business training in the retail aspects of of the Navy, some accounting and, you know, things like that. You had to go to school for it. Um, so I had a good little background there, but then when I got out, I'd always had my own little side business doing some construction. I was handy. Uh, and then I was working in restaurants. I, you know, that was kind of my background. I worked in restaurants, you know, before I went in the Navy and, and, um, Uh, went to work for this one company Lone Star Steakhouses in their management program and they had the most unbelievable business training you could get and they also made you read books so I started reading these books the one minute manager uh, there's a series of books about managing people and that's all about leveraging human resources you know and human capital and then I read managing by Harold Janine which he was the CEO of ITT multi-conglomerate so this guy's teaching you how to manage you know all these different corporations all around the world, you know, they were, they were huge. Um, so that's where I started learning and the light bulb went off, you know, to where, you know, I was thinking, man, you know, there's only so much I can do with my hands and starting my own construction business. Um, me doing all the work myself, you know, you're limited. So I learned very quickly, you have to leverage other people, their time, their talent, their abilities, and their resources in order to grow and scale. So I learned it all through the restaurants. I learned it through, Uh, my own business by doing reading these books that really opened my mind. Then I started reading Zig Ziglar Then I found uh, Napoleon Hill thinking you're rich. I found uh, power positive thinking. um, And then Tony Robbins, um, you know, just, it was, then I just started piling them on and I just started devouring, you know, books and content. So for me, it was never music in my, you know, back in the day of the cassette tape Walkman and the CD players and, you know, then the 80 gig iPod, it was always books on tape always. So if I'm out exercising, walking, driving around, I was just pumping my head full of as much of that stuff as I could get, because I was seeing the results of my life. I, you know, here's a guy that, you know, had no formal education, no formal training, really, other than the military that doesn't, you know, I mean, I did retail, so that was okay. But it was vending machines, ship store, you know, barber shops, a little bit different. Um, but that restaurant training and that, that self education through those books and courses really opened my mind up to man, you can do anything you want if you educate yourself and you you work hard and you work smart.
1: I couldn't agree more. And that's really what this show is all about, is about pouring into yourself. It's about investing Mm -hmm. in yourself so that you can make quantum leaps, so that you can open your mind to new possibilities rather than, you know, perhaps your surroundings before. And I love one of the quotes that you've, you know, been quoted of before or quoted in saying before is that the most profitable investment you can make is in yourself and that it returns infinitely uh, for the rest of your life, which I could not agree more. And I'd love to know, I mean, as you sort of sort make those shifts, I mean, how do you continue to make those shifts now? And how are you investing in yourself today?
0: You know, the same way. So I'm constantly reading and studying um, people that I admire in the business world. Uh, you know, the Richard Branson's, the Tillman Fertitta, you know, the the Marcus Limonis, um, you know, Donald Trump's business career, no matter what you think of him, you know, he has a, you know, uh, business and real estate career. Um, where he's done some pretty incredible things, even working through bankruptcies and stuff like that. Um, Sam Zell, one of my favorite, you know, uh, real estate investor developers of all time. I'm kind of modeled after him. He, he does equity capital with companies and real estate. I read his book back in the day, Maverick, Real Estate Investor. That really opened my mind to bigger things. Um, you know, I've studied other, you know, people in the real estate world. Dave Lindahl was one of the old books I read early on. So even today, I've studied... Those types of people I study economists, um, especially with what's going on right now. Um, I, you know, I watch CNBC and kind of keep up with you know the daily business goings on. Uh, you know, the Wall Street Journal, uh, Bloomberg. You know, so I'll watch financial news and just kind of keep up with that. And um, and then you know I listen to podcasts. You know, all the all the top podcasts out there: business podcasts, real estate podcasts. You know, social media marketing, digital marketing, all of that. You know, so you have Gary Vee, Grant Cardone. You know, all the people out there, Grant and I, you know, have a connection. We did an interview together. Um, I've known him for a while. And uh, so I just pour into myself and try to stay as relevant as possible. You know, I'm 53 now. And I didn't send my first email until 2000, 2001. Didn't even know how to, didn't even know how to use any of that stuff. Hadn't, I didn't even have a smartphone until 2011. So, you know, I've embraced technology. I've embraced the internet. I've embraced, you know, digital marketing, e-commerce. And I'm very good with technology now. Uh, you know, and you learn by doing so you educate yourself and you take action on it. And that's really the differentiator is that when I read and learn a concept, now there's some stuff that have stuck with me my entire life, my management philosophy from the one minute manager and managing my Harold Janine, that is my management philosophy and I've never changed it. And almost everything that you read or study today is based on those principles, you know, uh, in terms of leading, leading, delegating, motivating, managing, recruiting, hiring, training, that's all in that system and everybody else that you know has kind of come from that world of it even going back to like Simon Sinek start with why I mean we were doing that way back in the day you know the one thing Gary Keller. I mean we were doing that those are not new concepts you know there's nothing new under the sun so I learned find something that works stick with it and drill down on it Chet Holmes one of the greatest marketers of all time the ultimate uh, sales machine you know talks about that you know do don't do a hundred things, you know, okay, do, you know, maybe 10 things extremely well. And even drill that down even more to do one thing better than anybody else. And that's how you become number one in your industry, uh, you know, or top in your industry. So those are the philosophies that I was fortunate enough to learn by reading through those books, studying those people, and I continue to pour into myself. I'll review some of the old stuff, keep up with the new stuff. Because from a technology standpoint and the way we do business, that has changed and evolved. But as far as recruiting, hiring, training, leading, delegating, motivating, there's nothing new under the sun there. People are people. We're emotional beings. We respond to things certain ways. And it's all about um, helping other people, you know, produce good results through visionary leadership, giving them ownership and um, providing clear direction and knowing in certain terms exactly what you expect from people that win and holding them accountable to that goal, providing that instant feedback and, you know, um, uh, rewarding good performance and then redirecting poor perform- performance in a way that they understand that it's about the behavior, the behavior and the result, not the individual. So that's, you know, the big system in a nutshell down down to the, you know, where it meets the street.
1: Yeah, it's so much value there, and and I just love how how humble you are, and how you show up with humility in the way that you learn, and the way that you digest information, the way the way that you digest data, and you know gain insights yourself, and you know bring that as a leader, whether you're leading yourself or other people, and you recognize that leveraging human capital is really the, the key to making those quantum leaps, but then also plugging in and being willing to adapt and being willing to adjust your approach, whether it's from a technological standpoint, or whether it's based on what's happening in the, in the economy. And and I I know you and I even had a recent conversation where you talked about wartime economics, and perhaps mm-hmm. that's where we are right now. I definitely want to get into that. But before we get there, one thing that seems to be so appropriate for this part of our conversation is the role of mindset because Mm -hmm. you know if you approach all of this avalanche and overabundance of information that we all have you know the access to at our fingertips at any point in time it's about it's about your psychology it's about how do you approach this and how do you act how do you take massive action so I'd love to know I mean what what is mindset what role has mindset played in the way that you've grown and the way that you continue to grow today
0: so number one, leadership's all about serving. So it's my moral obligation, my responsibility to be the best I can be so I can serve everybody else that I do business with in my organization, whether they work um, under me. And I always flip that pyramid upside down. So the CEOs at the bottom serving up. So I have to give everybody in that organization everything they need, tools, training systems, and support to be successful in that clear direction. So it, it all starts there. From you know, bettering yourself so you can be the best you can be at every level of the organization and showing up the right way with the right tools and the right information. So that's mindset. So the mindset's a little different than what a lot of people think. A lot of people think mindset in terms of you know law of attraction, manifestation, things like that. What mindset is is two things. Number one, it's realizing you don't know what you don't know. And the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. That's number one. You gotta realize, man, I don't know anything. No matter how far I get, I don't know anything. There's always somebody better. There's always somebody who knows more. And I can learn everything from everybody, not just something from somebody or some circumstance. I can learn everything from everybody in every circumstance. So any environment I'm in, mindset, instead of sitting in a seminar going, ah, you know, I've heard this all before. This guy doesn't know anything. You know, what I do is I sit there and say, okay, I may have heard this, but I may not have heard it this way applied in that fashion. So I always look for the gems in every single situation, every setting, every podcast, every video, every seminar, every book. What is there new in here in the application of this knowledge and wisdom that I've never seen before? That's really the first step in a mindset: is understanding that you know you, you have unlimited capacity here if you use it and allow it to come in and try to look for it in different ways in every situation. And you know, the more you know the more opportunities you'll see. So by embracing what it is you don't know, instead of having this ego, you know, like in my companies, I look for people who are better, smarter, more efficient than me, that were experienced. And I learned from them. Even my own employees have been some of my mentors. I hire people with, you know, MBAs to come work for me. I'm not a college grad. I had no ego, no intimidation, no nothing. I was like, I don't know what you know. You went to school, you have to teach me what you know. Teach me what they taught you. And I would sit down and I would ask questions. And that's the other thing is asking questions versus telling people what you know or trying to show what you know. It's having the mindset of a servant, of a beginner, always in seeking wisdom in every situation and asking good, intelligent questions, you know, to the next level. So that, that is a mindset, right? And then, of course, the more traditional mindset is realizing that you have unlimited, untapped potential within the realistic um, limits of your physical abilities, right? I'm not going to go play quarterback for doing a Patriots. It ain't going to happen, but I can sure understand how the game works and I can sure understand potentially how to coach somebody in that, but I'm not going to go throw the ball. So you do have some physical limitations, but in terms of, you know, opportunities, you're really unlimited to the capacity that you're willing to open your mind and learn and grow as a professional so that is a mindset. <clears throat> and then the third most traditional thing in terms of mindset or four, for wherever, whatever number we're on is the negative things that come into your mind. So limiting beliefs, you know, and a lot of people here are all limiting beliefs, you know, and what they really don't understand is, you know, everybody has them every day. Anytime you tell yourself no, or you talk yourself out of something for whatever reason, yeah, I can't do that because this, you know, there's no deals out there. No seller is going to sell to me direct. The market's too hot. All the brokers have the deals. That's a that's a mind. That's a limiting belief. That's mindset. Whereas my mindset is I'm I'm going to do whatever it takes morally, legally, and ethically. I'm going to ask and I'm going to request. I don't care how many no's I get. I'm going to keep asking. Just because 100 sellers said no doesn't mean that the 101st seller will say no. So I just keep going. Right. And then if there's an answer I'm looking for, I just keep searching until I find that answer. So I don't accept limiting beliefs. Now again that's because i know that you know a lot of things are possible and almost nothing is impossible within you know your your physical limitations but there are certain laws you know that we're not going to defy like gravity and things like that you know i'm not i'm not going to jump off a building and think that i can fly so what i mean is i'm tenacious and i'm going to stay after it and i'm resourceful and you know it's not lack of resources resources it's lack of resourcefulness that stops a lot of people and that starts right up in their mind. They don't even try because they've heard somebody else say, well, that's not going to work. Like direct mail in real estate. You hear a lot of people say direct mail doesn't work. Sure it does. I got a text from one of my clients today. Hey, you got a deal from something sent out earlier this year, but everybody will tell you direct mail doesn't work. You know, it's just consistency and it's staying on it and it's being resourceful. And then, you know, the final step in the mindset, when you, li- when you get rid of those limiting beliefs and you don't let them stop, you don't talk yourself out of things, is to realize that you can do anything if you put your mind to it, get the skills, the training, and then take the appropriate um, deliberate action, focused action, not just massive action. you got to take the right action on the right things at the right time with the right vehicle, business opportunity, in order to move the ball forward.
1: Wow. Incredibly well said, uh, Greg. There's so much value there. And I've just got to make a mention. I mean, obviously, I always say re-listen to the episodes, but you just want to pause right now and go ahead and jump back and replay that three, four, five times because there's so much gold there, so much wisdom. And you know, obviously, there's many different directions I could go there. There's many different things I could drill into. But one thing I just wanted to highlight again is that you know the more you know the more opportunities you'll see and obviously recognizing that there are limiting beliefs there there are things that we all deal with even a folk even even folks like greg who are really elevating to a life without limits who continue to ascend to the next level who continue to go from excellent to extraordinary you know and beyond recognize that those limiting beliefs still occur and that those they are still there and you just live with them and you overcome them and you don't accept them so i just think there's so much value in that and i really appreciate you going through that And I'd love to shift just briefly uh, in our conversation in terms of what's going on today. And you mentioned, you know, wartime economics previously in a previous conversation that, you know, really that's, that's the fact of the matter right now. And I'd love for you to just really describe what you mean by that and and how we can best operate in this environment.
0: Yeah. Wartime economics. So I think we were talking at the federal level and what the feds response to what's going on right now, July of 2020 for, you know, whoever and whenever you're listening and watching this um, when you're at war uh, you have to just u- unload the coffers, open the vault, and you got to spend what you got to spend to win that war. So we're in we're in a war with coronavirus right now, from a health standpoint and an economic standpoint. So the first thing they did was they bolstered investor confidence by shoring up the stock market. So what does that mean? If stocks continued to tank, then people panic and you have a run on the stock market like you'd have a run on the banks. So the Fed had to stop that and give confidence to the market that, that let The world, know because we are the reserve currency of the world. We are the global economic superpower of the world. We have the largest economy. Everybody else relies on us. We could shut the world off and we'd be fine. They cannot shut the United States off. So what the Fed did and what the Treasury did was send a message to the world, we are not going to let the economy of the United States fail. That's number one. Number two is they got to spend whatever it takes to get this thing under control. So they're putting billions of dollars behind the science and behind the research and ramping up for vaccine to deploy that. So when you think on a global ac- you know, economic macro scale, wartime economics means you open the vault, you print what you got to print, you put the money out there, and you worry about how to deal with it later. So that's kind of where we're at. And then you get into you know discussions of, you know, is inflation going to be a problem? Is the dollar going to lose value? Those types of things. And where is the inflation going to be? And, of course, with what the Fed is doing, if you look at where they're deploying the capital at the asset level, so, um, you know, the stock market, you know, stocks, bonds, you know, treasuries, those are the assets that are being inflated. Right now, mortgage rates are being held low because they're buying the mortgage-backed security. So uh, housing mortgage rates are at all-time lows right now. They were another record level today, 2.5%, I think you can get on a 30-year mortgage. Um, so that's driving demand for housing and uh, creating an asset, you know, a uh, little bit of asset inflation there. But you know, as rates rise, that will slip and you know demand will will, will drop and inventory will rise. So that'll balance out. You know, the real question everybody has is all this money that the Fed has put out there buying uh, treasuries, buying corporate, you know, bonds, buying mortgage backed securities, you know, what is that going to do, you know, for inflation? And again, we're already seeing that at the asset level. We're not gonna have real inflation at the retail level because the money has not been put in the pockets of the consumers. That's when you would get real um, recession, risk, uh, uh, inflation risk is, is if the money actually ended up in our pockets versus at the bank level, which is where it's at to bolster the overall macro economy. And we still have 30% of the economy shut down. You know, so until you get that firing again, you can't have uh, the kind of spending that it takes to drive inflation. So just like we saw 2009 on, we didn't get any real inflation at the retail level, mostly at the asset level because of the quantitative easing. That's kind of where we're at now um so those are the conversations that are going on at the high levels of uh, macroeconomics and global economics um you know at that level in terms of a wartime situation that we're in with um uh, fiscal policy
1: i just think it's so important for real estate investors whether you're you're doing business on a on a large scale a medium scale a small scale or if you're looking to get into the space or if you're operating a business to be fully cognizant of what's going on from a macroeconomic standpoint, whether it's nationwide, globally, or what have you. And obviously, today, we live in a global economy. So what's going on across the world? What are these different factors? How can we skate where the puck is going? How can we get ahead of the issues? How can we capture opportunities? Because the more you know, the more opportunities become available to you. So, you know, what are you seeing in terms of opportunities, you know, over the next 12, 18 months, so to speak, in terms of real estate investing and real estate opportunities itself?
0: So obviously housing, so people need food, uh, they need water, they need housing, right? Those are the three things that you cannot live without um, as a human race. So those three areas of investment, when you think about food and water, how can you invest in that and make money? Well, you know, there's ways from an e-commerce level that you you can, you know, a retail level where you can participate in that in a number of different ways. And from a real estate standpoint, you can own facilities that transport those goods and services. Water needs land, you know, in terms of bottled water, in terms of treatment plants, things like that. You know, there's ways to invest in infrastructure that produce clean water uh, and, and produce more of it. And then you have the bottled water in the consumer market for water uh, in general, food, all kinds of opportunities there at, at the uh, wholesale level to the consumer, uh, as well as at the retail level, you know, and watching. So here's what's really cool. So every business in this environment has become a tech company, whether they knew it or not, wanted it or not, liked it or not. Right. Everybody's being forced to embrace technology now. And to make things more convenient, so that's where the real opportunities are from an investment standpoint. So if you think about real estate, how can you position yourself to take advantage of the of the forward trends with technology that everybody's embracing, with food delivery services and takeout services, from water consumption, you know, and and in a retail level of bottled water and and goods and things like that, um, at a um, you know wholesale level of creating you know, opportunities through, through housing, right? So rental housing. So now you're seeing single-family home rental demand rising, turnkey real estate opportunities rising where people are just looking for turnkey rentals to own, um, you know, for rent subdivisions that are being built, not just apartment buildings. Uh, and then you have the, the workforce leaving urban cores and companies not requiring people to have to come to a city to work now. They're opening that up across borders where people can work from where they are so that's creating different opportunities from you know a retail level wholesale level and from a you know a, a housing level so it's it's really interesting you know what's going on in society and the economy right now and what it's going to look like you know a year or two from now once we get this behind us
1: are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life your business your real estate portfolio your cash flow your deal opportunities your access to opportunities your network this year Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really, you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive, they're committed, they're willing to do whatever it takes, they're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they wanna be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. Totally, and I, I love what you mentioned there in terms of this entire situation seems to have forced many companies to be automatically become a techno- technology company. It's so interesting, yeah. and you know I think it, it, it comes down to well, what are these shifts requiring adaptation for in the future, right? And what what sort of adaptation are Consumers, you know, being required to, to take. And, you know, at the end of the day, in, in, in my opinion, I think the, the folks that experience long term success in business or, you know, in life in general are those who are willing to adapt and, and be malleable and be nimble. And so I'd love to just kind of talk about adaptation and, and what role that has played for you in your life and in your career.
0: Embracing e commerce. So, you know, anybody listening to this, if you're thinking, man, I'm an entrepreneur, what sector do I get into? E commerce. So e-commerce is anything, goods or services that you can sell online. doesn't matter what it is. Online education is booming. You know, that's one of my ventures now is creating a school of entrepreneurship with courses on different things. Um, that's, that's just a huge booming business. E-commerce in terms of all kinds of different goods and services being sold digitally, you know, as well as physical products, you know, Amazon starting that trend. Everybody's getting into that now. That's going to require fulfillment. Distribution centers, you know, storage things like that, uh, and delivery, you know, at certain levels. So, you know, e-commerce is where where it's at. If you can do a if you can do business and generate revenue without having to house physical products and leverage your intellectual capital, that's the biggest ROI out there right now, and it's the most scalable. So, um, if you have the ability and the wherewithal to get into that space, that's where it's at. I think everybody should have an e-commerce business and uh, focus on that and blow that up, and then you can redeploy the cash into other assets as you go along.
1: That's awesome. And I think you just planted many seeds there. So I think there's a lot of folks whose wheels are turning on what sort of opportunities they can create. And that's the exciting thing about this is that there's no limits on what you can create. What excites you? What really, you know, speaks to you? And what, what value can you bring to the world? And, and what's relevant? You know, what's, what is in demand? So, you know, what are you most excited about these days, Greg? I know that obviously, it seems like you've got many things on your plate, and you've got many things that you're excited about. But what would you point to as being most excited about?
0: Uh, you know, from a business model standpoint, you know, this this whole e-commerce, so, this, so I've just ventured into this space over the last couple of years, so I'm really excited about that and the opportunity there. And, you know, what's really cool about that is, you know, solving problems. So as an entrepreneur, we solve problems, right? That's what we do. We create opportunity out of nothing by solving problems. And you said the key word, demand. So a lot of people think, man, I need to create a market. I need to think something up you know, like, you know, create demand for something, really what you need to do is look at where is the demand already? And what is the problem that that market is having with something where you can solve, you know, that problem and you can, you know, create a solution to the problem at scale. That's where the opportunities are, Airbnb, right? There was a demand for a product and they created a platform where people can find housing. You know, it started out with couch surfing and renting bedrooms and then it turned into housing you know, Uber, same kind of thing, right? There was a demand. The problem was the taxi service, the taxi industry, you know, and there was more people wanting ride share and wanting to consolidate. So, you know, Uber. So if you start thinking on those levels at all levels, um, you know, open door, offer pad, people that are buying houses, there are tech platforms, right? Um, where we work messed up was actually taking on leases and owning properties versus just being a platform. They should have been a platform, you know, to deliver that space, because that's still a huge need and a huge problem that needs to get resolved. I saw another one the other day, swimming pools. You know, now you can rent your swimming pool out by the hour. There's a platform, you know, for that, like an Airbnb for swimming pools, you know? So that's smart. wherever there's already a market, you know, you have millions of people going to beaches right now because they can't fly all around the world. So how do you get in front of that, you know, and participate in something there? What is that pent up demand that's driving to that destination already? What do they need? How can you serve them? And then you think about like the health crisis you know people are making millions of dollars with you know ppe masks you know things like that now that's gonna be a short-term thing potentially but still there's an opportunity to just shift and then get ahead of that demand that's already there and solve a problem that has arrived so those are the types of things you want to think about take something that's already there make it better bring it out mass uh, find a market that has pent-up built-up demand where you can deliver that has a problem where you can deliver a better solution and go from there, you know, so those are the types of things to look at where you can fast track something. So that's what I'm excited about is to see what's gonna come next out of all this.
1: I love just the innovative thinking that, you know, the, the the approach that you take. And I think it's exciting. It's inspiring. It's, you know, it stokes my curiosity to be more curious and to go find more opportunities and, and more information so that I'm more aware of those opportunities. And I know that many others would share that sort of excitement. And um, I love that. So I wanted to talk more about you pouring into yourself and, and how do you continue to do that? One thing that I find fascinating is that I believe to go from excellent to extraordinary, it's more of like a two millimeter shift. So what are you doing to sort of, you know, slightly shift your approach and, you know, raise the bar. So I'd love to know how are you raising the bar today, whether it's personally or professionally um, to kind of get to that next level yourself?
0: You know, staying sharp. So again, constantly of the mindset of a learner, seeker of wisdom, trying to learn something from every situation for everybody and not assuming I already know it all and there's nothing new to learn. Um, cause, you know, even though there's nothing new under the sun, there's always something new you can learn. It just means that somebody else knew it, did it, whatever. Um, and you, and you go back and you just, you just never know what's going to come out of, you know, these situations. So it's, you know, it's seminars, books, courses, seminars that I go to, hearing other people and what they're doing. You know, and, and sometimes in certain levels, all, all it takes is just a little bit of fractional improvement every day to be exponential. Other times you can have one conversation or one new idea that can change the entire trajectory of your life and really, you know, be a game changer. And, you know, one of the people that, uh, that's interesting lately, Bill Ackman, you know, if a lot of people know Bill Ackman, person square, you know, he's a activist investor just raised a SPAC, special purpose acquisition company. These things are nothing new, but he's new in the way he's redoing this. So uh, for people that don't know what a SPAC is, it's a company that goes public, raises capital as a public entity that then to go out and invest in things. It's a blind fund, just like you'd raise a real estate equity fund or private equity capital uh, fund to go buy companies. They're going public on Wall Street, issuing shares of stock to raise capital to go do stuff. So what he's done is he's taken that, same idea to a whole new level where there's demand, there's opportunity, and created this new deal raised five billion dollars to go out now and buy companies at the ten billion dollar and up level. Um, you know, within its target, he's targeting about hundred different companies that he could potentially buy one of them or more. So again, you just never know. One different, you know, one little idea can just change the entire trajectory. Nobody's ever done anything like that. Biggest fund ever raised that way and the way you're doing it so you know just one little idea that's already been out there but just tweak, boom you know now he's off to the races and who knows what'll be the result of that
1: putting yourself in the frame of mind and the consciousness to recognize those opportunities and recognize those per, perhaps future shifting conversations or future shifting discussions. You know, maybe that is the case for somebody listening to this episode today is that they they got an idea that can totally change the trajectory of their life and, you know, their business and their future if they take action on it, if they take effective action on it. And so I just think there's so much value that's there. Key. Yeah,
0: that's key. You yeah. got it. So information in and of itself is worth You got to put it into action. That's where the gold is created.
1: That's it. That's it. Absolutely. And so, you know, I'd love to know with that said, I mean, how do you, how do you delineate information that's not appropriate for you and information that is appropriate for you as you're synthesizing so much data, so much input, and you're saying, look, this is not effective for me. This is the way I have to, I know it's a very general question, but I'm just curious, is there an approach that you take?
0: Yeah, so I study macroeconomics and I study what the markets are doing, okay, what what the Fed's doing, where they're putting their money, what public companies are doing, REITs, you know, uh, and where they're putting their money, the investments they're making, things like that. But I don't invest in stocks. I don't invest in bonds. But I watch what they're doing so I understand where the economy is going as a whole so that I can understand when I do a real estate development deal or something like that, or I buy a company or I invest in a company, I kind of have an idea where the overall economy is moving and the demand. I'm spending zero time on cryptocurrency or Bitcoin zero so that doesn't apply to me so i'm staying within my sweet spot now i'm aware of it and i've kind of watched it you know but to me it's, it's not good information that i want to act on that's just too speculative i don't understand it i'm not going to take the time to understand it because i don't feel like that's a long-term wealth thing you know i think it's too no too low of a barrier to entry if you can just go create a cryptocurrency and start selling it if facebook can get into it and google you know you, you don't want to be in that game right so that's all speculative Same thing with stocks. okay? The only time I've ever done anything with stocks is when they hit bottom this recent time, in and out, and when they hit bottom back in 2009, in and out. So, you know, again, um, stick with what you know and the areas that you're in and use the information of the momentum, you know, to help you fully understand the things that you're getting involved with and investing in. And then the shiny objects, right? So everybody's got the one new thing or this great new strategy. And, you know, if you want to raise capital, you need to know this. There is no one new thing. It's consistency. It's constantly pouring into yourself, staying focused. When you have something that's working for you, double down on it, triple down on it, blow that up, grow it, scale it, maximize it, automate it, then go do the next thing. And that's where a lot of people mess up, especially now, is they want it too fast and they they get distracted versus if you got something that's working for you and making you good money, you know, from a business standpoint, figure out how you can blow that up, grow it, scale it, systemize it, automate it, and then, you know, then go do the next thing. Or you know, reinvest the profits and just stay on that one thing. So that's kind of how I stay grounded. I'm like, this is working. I'm sticking with it.
1: I love that you said, you know, you you even mentioned the word several times, just speculation because there's a certain, there's a huge difference in speculation and investing. You know, it's gambling versus investing. And you know, you're you're investing when you are doing what you know what you're doing. And you, if you if you're outside of your zone of competence with stocks or or bonds or cryptocurrencies or whatever, I mean, you're speculating that the future is going to be vastly different than it is today. And you know, there's not a ton of value in that. I mean, you're rolling the dice. So I think there's a ton of value in what you're saying there. And Greg, you know, if we were to wrap it all up in a big picture, I mean, what's the driving force behind what you do, and and why are you so driven to continuously pour into yourself and continuously raise the bar.
0: So again, service and service of others. So I want to be the best I can be because I'm helping and working with a lot of people all over the world and around me locally to be the best they can be. So I want to show up at my best to be able to put my best out into the world. So you got to keep learning. You got to keep growing. You got to keep educating yourself and learning new things. And there's always something new to learn. You know you can master stuff and you want to do that, you want mastery and you want to pick that skill or that craft. I'm a real estate developer. I've mastered that over my entire life, um, and I've taken that and parlayed it into equity capital, buying companies, building them up, and selling them same kind of process. So that's the only two things I've ever really done, but I've done a lot of different things within those two things. so it keeps it interesting because I like to do different things, but it's very focused and very disciplined and i've and I've you know worked into the mastery of those aspects of it. And even at that level, there's still things that I don't do and don't understand. And I outsource and I farm out. Like I don't build spreadsheets. I can use them, but I don't build them. You know, I have my CFO do that. You know, so there are certain things that you don't spend your time on. Understand what your strengths are. Focus 100% on those. Outsource, delegate everything else. And, uh, you know, stay stay in your lane and master what it is you're doing before you move on to, to other things.
1: Well, I just can't tell you how grateful I am that you've been able to serve us today and really, you know, help us learn. And and so many people here, you know, there's always something new to learn. And I would imagine that you maybe even learned something yourself, maybe from something that you said and and just sharing your vision and your approach. It always helps clarify at least it does for me. And so I've just really enjoyed this, uh, Greg. I just want to go ahead and and transition into our rapid fire section. Um, we right. call it the Rare Air Questionnaire. It's all about raising the bar. It's about going to the next level. It's about scaling the mountaintop and looking across the valley and saying, look, we've got three or four more mountains over there that we're going to scale. And guess what? There's probably more behind that. And so we're going to continue to push the limits. And with that said, I've just got a few questions for you here. Um, The first one is, you know, we talked about books. We've talked about learning and pouring into yourself throughout this conversation. But if you had to point to, and I know this is a very challenging question. If you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read, what would those be and why?
0: You know, beyond the Bible, for me, you know, as a Christian, great business book, lots of great lessons in there. Um, And for whatever your faith or religion is, if you're going to take it serious, learn it, know it, use it, whatever your Bible is. Uh, But from a business standpoint, uh, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, Power Positive Thinking, Norman Vincent Peale, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was instrumental for me. Um, I didn't get real estate out of that book. I got uh, build companies that generate cash flow to invest in other assets. I didn't study Robert Kiyosaki, I studied the rich dad. I wanted to be him, not Robert. So that's an interesting dynamic that a lot of people are like, wow, I never looked at it from that perspective. Go back and read that book again from the perspective I want to be rich dad, not Robert Kiyosaki.
1: I love that. And, and I totally love that book. And so many of our listeners, you know, obviously, the, their lives have been changed by many of the books mm-hmm. that you just list, listed there, and especially Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it is really interesting to, to read it again from that perspective. So we'll have to do that. We'll have to take that on as a challenge. So thank you for that. Aside from our discussion today, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis?
0: Uh, You know, challenging myself. So, you know, constantly challenging myself, taking, you know, big actions in the right way and just staying focused and just, you know, showing up every day is is the best I can be in every way, pouring into myself, leading by example, and, you know, challenging myself and, and just taking those risks.
1: That's awesome. Well, I know that this conversation has, has challenged us all to really step it up and to con- continue to raise our own bar. So thank you for that. And thank you for challenging yourself, you know, even to be you know present today in this conversation. So I really appreciate that. And aside from what we've already discussed today, and I mean, obviously, you're, you're leading so many people and, and serving others in so many different capacities. But if you were to point to the biggest way that you elevate others around you, what would that be?
0: Believe. So believing in people and knowing what they are capable of that they don't even they can't even see. So one of my gifting is finding what people were created to be on this earth, finding those God-given talents that they didn't even know they had, and helping them bring it out. A lot of people just can't see what they can't see. So believing in them, knowing what they can do when they don't even know they can do it, and believing for them until they can believe for themselves. That's, that's probably the biggest thing.
1: That's awesome. That's huge. And I I believe that anything is possible. I believe that anybody listening to this show can do anything that they want in their life, as long as they get the appropriate information. If they recognize their own psychology, if they recognize that, if they can take effective action, course correct along the way, and bring other people in on the process that anything is possible. And, And you've really showed us that today, Greg. So I really, really appreciate that. Is there any other parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you share with Elevate Nation today?
0: Surround yourself with big thinkers. Surround yourself with people that believe for you, believe with you, that will believe in you. Everybody needs somebody that will believe in them. And you need people that are at higher levels than you to challenge you to rise up. So if you're constantly hanging around with people that you're, you're the highest net worth in your network, you, know, you have the most, you know, the, the most skills, the most knowledge, you're in the wrong group. You've got to up your level. Now, I'm not saying get rid of everybody in your life that's not at your level. What I'm saying is be careful where you get your advice Surround yourself with people that can help you bring your game up, that can help up-level you, and will believe in you. It always helps to have somebody encourage you, and then you go out and encourage others. So you should always be encouraging others, believing in others, helping others, and having somebody doing the same for you.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. Pull up, pull someone else up and let someone else pull you up while they enjoy the process as well. And, and Greg, what an amazing conversation. I really, really appreciate you taking time today. And thank you for, for pouring in to, to others and to Elevate Nation today. I really just want to thank you for that. Um, I really want to honor you for, for your continued growth and your continued commitment to not only yourself, but leading others and pulling others up along the way. Uh, tell the listeners how they can learn more about what you do and, and get engaged with you and your company.
0: Yeah. Greg That's my website. It has everything, all the information is there. I've got a YouTube channel where I put out, you know, short little tidbits every day about the kind of stuff we're talking about. And, uh, you know, what I'll leave everybody with is you have a choice of how to show up every day. I could have showed up to this thing and Hey, how's it going? (laughs) No, I studied you. I studied your company. I studied the message you were looking for. I prepared myself myself so I could show up the best I could show up today, not just show up. So, when you wake up every day, you've got two choices how you can show up. You can show up, or you can show up the best possible way you can show up. So, don't settle for mediocrity. Show up your best every single day, all day.
1: That's huge. And I just, I have to reiterate that because you showed up without any arrogance. I mean, you've continued to raise the bar and you've continued to create outstanding results, but you showed up without arrogance. You showed up with humility and you showed up prepared. And I just admire that. I really appreciate that. And I think that that is absolutely the same across the board when you talk to the best of the best and the folks that are creating the greatest results in this world. I mean, that's, it is what it is. And there's so much humility with that. And so I just honor that. And uh, I really appreciate you saying that. And I want to encourage Elevate Nation to re-listen to the show because this has absolutely been pure gold. And I know I've said that multiple times. You may be rolling your eyes at this point, but you know, I, I would highly encourage you to distill this down to you know what are your top three key distinctions? I know that there's many more for myself and there's probably many more for you, but if you were to distill it down to what are your top three key distinctions and what can you do to apply those immediately? Because it is about identifying, but then most importantly, applying. You know how the best of the best, like somebody like Greg, is raising the bar so that you can create effective action. And it is about taking massive action, but it's also about sharing with other people because you know when you share this and when you teach this to someone else, you actually learn the most, and you know they're also better off from hearing this message and from learning these tactics, from learning this approach. And uh, you know, with all that said, I just want to thank you again, Greg, for being on the show.
0: Thank you for having me. It was it was a lot of fun, and I look forward to coming back again one day.
1: Absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely do a round two soon. And with that said, Elevate Nation, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you
1: learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.